This Week in Retronauts. Welcome to another hellish episode of Retronauts. I say hellish because I'm going to splice the bubble bobble theme underneath the entire episode. No, I'm not going to do that because oh. then we'd lose all of our patrons. This isn't a laser time show. <laughs> um, That's going to activate we... some sleeper agent somewhere, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> Play it backwards. I have and to kill the prime minister. Uh, <laughs> the Manchurian bubble bobble. Uh, yes. So hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy Parrish, and I'm hosting a show, and I feel weirdly unready for this. This was supposed to happen like a month ago, and uh, it was washed out by a hurricane. And was that Matthew? It was Matthew, the worst apostle. Uh-huh. Um, and so here we are a month later, and I've forgotten everything that we were going to talk about in this episode. So if it's a little weird, that's because of an act of God. We can actually blame higher powers on on any inadequacies, inadequacies in this show. So anyway, me, Jeremy Parrish, the usual suspect. Also, hi, I'm Bob Mackey. I'm here because this is one of the few playable games with a, uh, sorry, one of the few games with a playable character named Bob. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's that fat guy in Tekken, I think, and yeah, that's basically yeah. it. Um, is there somebody else named Bob in video gaming at all? Probably somewhere. Yeah. I don't oh, know. yeah, there's a Marathon. Um, all the born-on-board colonists are just oh. called Bob. Well, that that that's not being fair. But yeah, but he says like he killed Bob. So yeah, that's it's in there. I don't like that. You're you're an army basically. <laughs> and in the third game, they they give you uh, plasma rifles and stuff. So okay, well, kinda, I feel better. You're, about you're that. super dangerous, actually. Nice. Trying to like kill the player. The era have bo- the era of Bob's has fallen now, and we're now in the era of uh, <laughs> the post Bob world, post Boberness. Yeah, sad. Uh, and then finally, the third usual suspect. You could have introduced yourself as Bubble Bob Mackey. Oh, Jesus, right? God. Oh, start over. Okay. Yeah. Let's, no, let's it's fine. It's fine. This is I'm Ray Barnhold. I'm yes, a little hi. sick, so my pun center of my brain is slowed down a bit. That's fine. Yeah. I'm here for you. Yeah. It's Thank me, you. Me, Ray, everybody. Hi. It's the Bobble Barnhold episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is going nowhere. Barnhold? So, anyway, this is the second episode in our What the Hell trilogy. We previously had Adventure <laughs> Island. And we'll wrap it up with with Falcom's Legend of Heroes Dragon Slayer series at some point. But for now, we're talking about Taito's Bubble Bobble. Right. And we're not just talking about Bubble Bobble, but we're talking about everything connected to Bubble Bobble, assuming we don't run out of time, which is entirely uh, possible because yeah. there are so many games tied to Bubble Bobble there, that it's kind uh, of ridiculous. There are lots of games, but I will say, as someone who was you know here for the Wonder Boy stuff, it's not as bad as the yeah. Wonder Boy. No, I mean, it's, that's like a Gordian, not a video yeah, game lineage. The, the, the problem with the Bubble Bobble family tree is mostly just a naming thing. 
as opposed to Wonder Boy, which was like naming and porting and sequelizing and offshooting and stuff. So it's not Yeah, as I mean, much. basically it's been, for the most part, Taito making Bubble Bobble games, yeah. whereas Adventure Island, Wonder Boy, you had like yeah. a schism with and, two different developers. And, and Taito was the one, you know, who calls, caused all the problems in the naming, so <laughs> it's all their fault. At least it's right. not like one Bubble Bobble and it's also called Dinosaur World, Bubble Bobble Part exactly, 2 exactly. and all that well, stuff. Well, there is like, a little bit of that in, in some I of the sequels. So, yeah. There are at least two stories of Bubble Bobble 3. I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. I, can, okay. I can deal with that. All right. So I'm just saying that it's, it's a little convoluted, so if you get confused – don't blame us. Blame yourself or Taito. We, we can confirm that none of these games are the Dynastic Hero. So, <laughs> Jeremy, you're good there. <laughs> that's great. None of them are reskinned as like Brazilian comic book uh, no. figures, no, that's right? True. Yeah, that's true. So Brazil never that. got to taste this uh, sweet, sweet fruit known as Bubble Bobble. Monica Bobble. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, without further ado, let's get going. So this whole madcap episode begins with a simple game called Bubble Bobble, and it was released in arcades in 1986 by a little company called Taito, whom you may know of for having made a whole bunch of really cool games like Elevator Action 2 and um, that game with the shooting and the stars and and Chewbacca from Space. Well, oh, Space Invaders, that's it. Oh, yes. yeah. They were kind of a big deal for a while. Yeah. And uh, Bubble Bobble, Bubble Bobble, I can see this is going to go well. <laughs> Bubble Bobble is um, is one of their, their sort of like, uh, how do you describe it? Like they never really had another game as big as Space Invaders. That was massive. Hmm. And I feel like they didn't really chase that level of success. Like it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. like a company – obsessed with, um, you know, like recapturing that moment of glory. It was more like, let's just make some cool, fun games. In I'm probably ways, wrong, but that's well, what it seems like. In some ways, they were just like, uh, they were just overwhelmed by all the clones and other companies coming in, making and trying to cash yeah. in on their own success. And it was just like, oh, God. That's true. I think they, what didn't, do we do? <laughs> they didn't do more with Space Invaders because everybody, everybody else did. Yeah. So they did a lot more Bubble Bobble, that formula, than they ever would with Space Invaders. Yeah, and actually, I guess if we wanted to go chronologically, we would say that the Bubble Bobble story begins in 1985 with Chack and Pop, mm-hmm. which is kind of like – it's not a part of the Bubble Bobble series, but if you play Chack and Pop, it is basically like the rough draft. It, it's where they were putting down their sketches and concepts. And you know, it's weird. I, yeah. I have never – I wasn't able to find any information. Maybe I didn't look hard enough about – who actually created Bubble Bobble? Yes, Taito, mm. but like who's the director? Who was the person who came up with this mad concept? Because there is this sort of indelible stamp on these games from that era uh, and the, the, the sort of Bubble Bobble family, extended family of games that seems like maybe like one person kind of had a vision. Sort of like if you look at Capcom's games from the same era, you sort of see like the Tokoro Fujiwara style in there. Um, but I don't know who that would be for Bubble Bobble. Um, well, a lot of it's credited to Fukio Mitsuji. Okay. Uh, so who, clearly I didn't look hard enough. Well, mm-hmm. uh, who has uh, since passed away uh, just uh, fairly recently. Uh, but yeah, he, I, I believe 
I mean, again, I'm, I'm kind of running off fumes here a bit too, but it's just like I think he at least designed some of the characters and designed some of the games himself because he then left Taito to work on some other puzzly type games and mm. things like that. So he is he was like a, an accomplished designer that way. Okay. So I'm pretty sure he had his hands on a lot of these okay. one way or another. Well, there are a lot of really interesting and fun and pretty unique ideas in these games and elements that sort of – you wouldn't think would necessarily be common themes, but that, that connect to the games all together and can, can kind of surprise you in certain ways. I was just wondering what the check in check and pop means. Is that like one of those times where they don't translate the Japanese onomatopoeia like Clue Clue Land? It's just like check means something in Japanese, but mm. it doesn't. I, I think it's just the guy's name. Check? I think his name is Chacken. Chacken. Okay, weird. Yeah. Is that like a, a it's like It's like the pre- precursor too? to Tekken. Okay. Uh, no, Chacken doesn't really scroll that much. Check and pop. Um, it has like a little bit of scrolling, I think. I can't remember. It's been a month, a whole month. I think it's a single screen game. game. Okay. Yeah. I was actually thinking of another game called Chacken or something that sounds similar where it's like a warrior. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. The Forever Man. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's like a Genesis game, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's something totally different. Yeah. Let's not, let's not confuse the We're already, we're already getting off track. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, No, Check and Pop is... (laughs) Is not dark and horrible God. like uh, Chacken, the Forever Man. It's it's cutesy and fun and charming, and um, actually in some ways is more complex than Bubble Bobble because your character could jump and stick yeah. to ceilings. So you're like climbing around and inverting gravity. Uh, it's like a. It's it's a little hard to figure out if you're just doing that on face value. Yeah, yeah. it's not it's not your ideal arcade experience because you don't just no. pick it up and say ah, I get it. Whereas yeah. Bubble Bobble, definitely, you you start playing and you're like, oh, I get it, even if you don't necessarily yeah. grasp yeah. the... But again, it was reflective of that sort of, like, figuring it out era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does share some characters, though, like the little white mages that throw red bubbles at you and the mm-hmm. what I think are supposed to be whale, like belugas or what? I don't know what they're called. They're like the little they're purple like little, ghosts. Yeah, they're like ghosts, but they also look like fish yeah. uh, or whales. But maybe they, they were just called whales in the instruction book for America or something like, like that for Bubble be, Bobble. Yes. I don't know. Like belu- I, remember, I think I'm, I'm thinking of the word beluga for some reason. That sounds good. I yeah. like that. It sounds like a word Japan would borrow and like call an enemy yeah. mm-hmm. Balogan or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so so Check and Pop, in my notes I said it's kind of a crazy platformer, almost like a maze chase. It does definitely kind of bear the hallmarks of like, you know, something like Mappy or something where it's uh, sort of like a side-scrolling platformer, single screen, you're jumping around and um, it's a very complicated on-screen setup. Uh, like I said, sort of a maze that you have to navigate. Uh, the hero can walk on ceilings. It does include some of the same enemies as Bubble Bobble. And Bubble Bobble actually includes level designs taken from Chack and Pop. Mm. So, you know, even though they're not named the same thing, I mean, you really you, you kind of have to consider Chack and Pop like Bubble Bobble Zero, basically. Yeah. Uh, Bubble Bobble, the first mission. I don't know. Act Zero. That's yeah. it. No, maybe not Act Zero. No. <laughs> that would be Chicago, which would be yeah. a pretty reboot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it all fits. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the game also features a mechanic where you drop bombs that explode into smoke and, uh, you use those to kill monsters and unlock cages that have hearts in them and the hearts you need to collect to open important doors, which then let you advance to the next stage. So there's kind of a lot going on in this game. Yeah, it the is, bombs can also kill you like in Bomberman as well. Yeah. If the smoke hits you, it'll kill you. There's lots of dangers in doing that. Yes. So... Again, like we like we said, it, it's kind of this complicated game. I've never really had a chance to play it, but I watched a lot of videos and kind of tried to absorb its wisdom. And um, it definitely seems like one of those games that you'd have to spend a lot of time with to really get a handle on. 
uh, and really kind of master the mechanics. I'm sure it's fun once you do that, but um, compared to the immediacy and appeal of Bubble Bobble, it, it definitely needed some refining. So a year later, we get Bubble Bobble, which really kind of takes the Chack and Pop concept and just you know, prunes it. It's like it slices off everything that doesn't work or that isn't interesting or that's too fussy. And you have this incredibly simple, incredibly pure video game experience. And um, yes, that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what was your first experience with Bubble Bobble, each of you? I think it, definitely the NES version. I did not see this in the arcade until I was an adult. Uh, and I went to a lot of arcades as a kid. Um, I just never saw it there. I didn't even realize when it was an arcade game until I got the internet, really. So, But uh, like almost all my friends had it. So I played lots and lots and lots of a two-player game. It was a really fun two-player game. And... Uh, for some reason, like, I don't know why, but when I was a kid, uh, games with lots and lots of items were really uh, appealing to me. And I think, like, designers realized that, too. So, like, even the thing like Fester's Quest, which I, I covered, seemed interesting at first. Because, like, oh, there's, like, ten different items I can play with at Metal Gear. So, like, the idea of being in this world, it's like, what does this shoe do? What does this light bulb do? What Like, just that was compelling to me to want to play it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I knew it from the NES version, too. I think I first saw it in, like, Nintendo Power, but it was in, like... The classified information section, so it was like codes about things that I couldn't understand, but the screenshots looked interesting. Um, but then later I found out, you know, p- uh, kids around school and stuff were renting it and stuff, and it did become sort of a, a popular game, and I think that's why it's sort of – it's ended up in the in the in mini NES because, like, it did t- sort of become like a favored, favorite game among NES kids at the time. Hmm. On the other hand, no one I knew played the NES game, owned the NES game. I never had really heard of Bubble Bobble aside from advertisements. Like I would see it advertised in these full-page ads in comic books at the time. But this was, you know, 1988, 89. uh, And by that point, NES games were starting to look really nice. You know, this was contemporaneous with Ninja Gaiden and Mega Man 2 and Castlevania 3 almost. Like... You had Bionic Commando, like you had some really sophisticated looking complex platform games coming out. And I saw these ads for Bubble Bobble in my comic books and was like, this looks stupid. This looks like one of those old games. It was it was really visually underwhelming to me, and without being able to play it, I couldn't understand I couldn't understand the appeal. So it doesn't seem like the best game to put in a comic book. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, normal mainstream I, I, American comic book. I can I can see like you have to keep in mind that comic books were different in the in the 80s, late 80s than they are now. They weren't geared so much toward adults but more toward but kids. The content was still kind of like, you know, the, the actual art and stuff was a bit Was like, Yeah, was I can the, uh, I can see that. Uh, well, I don't know, was, was the NES version 87 or 88? I want to say 87. Um, it came out in 88. Oh, 88. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like the right. end That's of 88. Really and I think it might have come to the US at 80 in 89. Mm. Uh I didn't actually put the dates down, but yeah, it like the arcade game was 86 and the NES version didn't come out until quite a bit later. And yeah, in the like I said, the NES had really started to kind of come into its own with some of that that like really sophisticated third generation content. I mean, Super Mario Brothers 3 was coming out in Japan around that time. Yeah. So like people really had a grasp on the console and what it could do. And then there was this game that kind of looked like an early 80s arcade game, single screens, just plain black backgrounds. Um, really simplistic graphics. If you just look at it from from that context, you're like, why should I care about this? It, it was, mm-hmm. it always kind of baffled me that there were these big ads for it. But you know, there were big ads in the comic books, like full page ads for other games, like 
Demon Sword, another by Taito. And I was like, that probably isn't very good either. <laughs> so, you know, people just threw a lot of money at advertising bad games. So there was no way for me to know without playing that Bubble Bobble was not, in fact, a bad game. It wasn't until years later that I, you know, started to see people, like, at the Gaming Intelligence Agency write these hagiographies about it and talk mm-hmm. about how great it was. And I was like, really? This game? So, yeah, it wasn't until maybe, like, 10 years ago or so, a little more than that, um, that I played it with a friend at the Metreon on some, like, supercade cabinet and was like, oh, I get it. This game's really cool. That, that's a that's a real late bloomer. That's, like, you know, 20 years late to the party. But, <laughs> yeah. But I'm finally glad I got there. Well, I mean, I, I, I appreciate it. I can't say I totally love it all the, because I don't really like 99 stages of anything too much. <laughs> I think that's, that's a lot of stages. That's always torturous, I think, no matter what. <laughs> so Bubble Bubble doesn't always stick with me that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are ways to warp through and skip around. And, um, yeah, well, yeah, if you at least have some sort of knowledge of that. I don't think many people stumble upon that that yeah. often if you're just playing it blind, uh, which was me a lot of the time. And there are sort of like pro strats in this game, which I think you actually need to take advantage of to beat the game where it's like you can jump on a bubble and if you hold the, t- the b- jump button in, uh, your dinosaur will just bounce on it. Mm-hmm. So that that's essential to getting to areas to kill enemies and things like that. So um, it starts off as a cool strategy, but eventually becomes necessary. And I'm sure the arcade machine tells you how to do that. Like usually there's just a bunch of like instructions on the side of the you Avoid know, missing the bubble for high score. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's you wouldn't know any of that because when you just look at the game, it looks super simplistic. I mean, right. you play, you have two characters or one if you just play single player. But let's say you're playing two player. You have two dinosaurs, a blue one and a green one, Bub and Bob, or a green one and a blue one, Bob and Bob, whatever. Anyway, and they can run, they can jump a very like a little short hop, and they can pop their heads open like a Pez dispenser and emit a bubble. And the bubble shoots forward and then starts to float up. But if it hits an enemy when it's shooting forward, the enemy will become encased in the bubble. And that's where a lot of the gameplay comes in because you have to pop the bubbles while a, an enemy is inside. And that turns the enemy into fruit or other pickups that you can collect for bonus points. And, you know, you start getting into these chain combos where you break a bunch of bubbles at once and collect a bunch of fruits and get all the fruits before the end of the stage and so on and so forth. Um, It definitely has that sort of arcade mentality. I mean, even the concept of like a two-step process to defeat an enemy, get them in a bubble, then pop the bubble. Like that's out of Joust or Balloon Fight Mm. or something where you have to like knock off the enemy from his mount and then bump into the enemy. Or, you know, Mario Brothers where you have to knock the enemy over from underneath and then kick it. So it adds – it's kind of like that, I guess, second wave golden arcade style concept where there's a little bit of complexity to the actions. It's not just like shoot something, but it's it's definitely um, straightforward in its design. I know uh, Pac-Man was designed in part to appeal to women, uh, apparently, I guess, according to an interview with the creator, with the use of like food items as uh, rewards. Uh, do you feel the same way about Bubble Bobble? There's a lot of like ice cream and there's just like, no. like 20 different food items like, no. that are pickups in the game. No, here's the thing. It just looks simple enough to be appealing. Mm. I think it's the same thing as Tetris. You have a lot of block patterns. And in Bubble Bobble's case, they're made up into different sorts of designs and patterns things. And a lot of them are pastel colored, let's say. And just, you know, and the game is just fairly easy to play. And so I do think that that's part of why it became such a big NES game is because a lot of girls were playing it. 
and uh, yeah. Plus, it, it's mostly about the visual stuff. Yeah, not I don't. So much, I don't. Not I don't, because it has ice cream in it. <laughs> I don't think girls the, love ice cream. <laughs> Come on, people. Am I right? Read in Kathy. Japan, yes. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think the. Uh, I don't think the design of the game was specifically. Intended to say, female players come, come to us. No, but no. I don't think the look of the game hurt its its appeal yeah, across a broad spectrum of players. Bob and Bob are very cute. I love their little trash can. Everything mouths. is very yeah. cute. Everything yeah. is just adorable. Even the drunk final boss. <laughs> yes. And I think also there's there is a puzzle element to the game, especially when you know once the levels start ramping up and uh, it integrates more of the uh, the screen wrapping because you know you fall through the screen and yeah. come back up mm-hmm. at the top a lot of the times, and so you just have to figure figure out your way through the level that way. You might have to like uh, fall down to the bottom to actually enter from the top and then go inside the level, for example, and then mm-hmm. find your way through there and get more enemies that way. So there's that puzzle element. I think that also appeals. Right. So yeah, I mean, I think the the look of the game by that point, I would really say that Japanese developers had sort of a, a kind of created a collective style that was very sort of super deformed anime manga influenced, where you know you had like little tiny bodies and big heads, which allowed their characters to be expressive, and um, that kind of works with you know Japanese manga art style more than it does with American art style because Americans usually go for more realistic proportions in their artwork. Um, so I think it was just kind of like a natural evolution of what was happening in Japanese games anyway. Um, and there does seem to be sort of like a food obsession, um, in a lot of manga and anime and as a result games, like, you know, anything by Akira Toriyama, um, there's always like a food theme to his characters or frequently, um, but not just Akira Toriyama, but, but yeah. Throughout, well, like it's just it's something that's simple and appealing, like a little watermelon slice or a little sundae or even a martini glass, which they surprisingly didn't take out of the NES version. Like they're simple and colorful, and you get what they are at a at a glance. Yes, and yeah. it's based on real things. Yeah. So and and you know they're they are you know coveted in some way. <laughs> You know, fruit and sweets and st- stuff, those just became, you know, power-ups yeah. for a lot of different games. I mean, desserts are sweet. I think there's also, like, it's, frosty it's like mugs a, of beer in the game you can pick up, too. Probably. I'm sure it's root beer in the NES version. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, yeah like, it, like, like, like Ray said, it's, you know, it's something that has real value and is really easy to depict and is kind of universal. So, um, I mean, for the most part, I don't, I don't really think Bubble Bobble had stuff like onigiri or whatever. It was mm. not... It was not like culturally specific. It was much more just kind of like yeah. everyone loves grapes. Who doesn't love grapes? Yep. Eat some grapes. <laughs> and, you know, there's a there's a positivity about fruit. Like these things are sweet and delicious and they're good to eat. So, yes, of course this is a, a good thing to collect. Yes. Probably Martinis also. Nice mm-hmm. and healthy if you've been turned into a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. It's like, in, it's like in the bonk games, the fruit heals you but the junk food just gives you points. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So – so you have this kind of like super simplistic game, very simple graphics, very cute and, and charming and appealing, but you only have two ac- actions. You can shoot and jump, and that's pretty much it. But there's a lot of complexity, like you were saying earlier, that kind of emerges from these two mechanics. And really getting a grasp of those is essential to being able to complete the game. I mean, 
there's, there's basically two things you have to do, three things you have to do to be able to beat Bubble Bobble and really beat it. One, you have to play through it with a friend. So that's difficult mode. You have to have a friend who's willing to play video games with you for a long time. You have to be yes. willing to play through 99 levels. Yes. Um, and you have to really kind of experiment with some maybe not intuitive advanced abilities like jumping on bubbles and making use of those uh, water uh, yeah. slides and exactly. things like that. Uh, so it does become a little bit tricky, but um, you also have to be able to put up with that music for a long time. I can do it. <laughs> it's I'm good sure music. I've heard it at least it's the catchiest it. music I, in video yeah. games. It's, I think I've heard it looped at least 2,000 times in my life by now. Um, I mean, already in this podcast playing loud. in the background. I think I always thought it was funny as a kid, though, like a game sort of targeted towards um, what I viewed as younger people, this very colorful, cute game. It's like the goal is to stop being a dinosaur. Like, no, I want to be a human kid again. I was like, no, no, I want to keep being a dinosaur. Right. This is better. <laughs> yeah. It's a better arrangement. Yeah, which they ran away with in the sequels, which we'll talk about. But yeah, yeah, it's like we played as no, a little chubby boy. Go back to the dinosaurs, for God's sakes. I do, I do really love the special bubbles you get to play with, like the fire ones, um, the water ones, especially are lots of fun. But the lightning one—that's what the entire final boss is based mm-hmm. around. You like, you drink the potion and you just spit out the lightning bubbles, where uh, it shoots lightning the opposite way you're facing mm-hmm. um, when you hit when you pop them. It's like a kind of complicated technique that um, you can have a lot of fun with if you're good at the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so they do a lot with just the few little game elements that appear in Bubble Bobble, and I think that's a big part of its its enduring appeal is the fact that even though it looks so basic, there's a lot to do and a lot that that really kind of hides beneath the surface. And if you ever want to, I'll, I'll post it in the notes for this episode, but there's a technical breakdown of the game that explains how all the power-ups appear and like how the scoring system works, and it's so complicated. Yeah. Like you would never think that this game would work like that. But just like how the extra life um, extend pickups that you get up here, it's really intricate and requires, uh, you know, it's it's like um, kind of something on the same level as Tower of Druaga almost. Like there's all these secret stipulations that you have to observe. <laughs> yeah. They're not necessary like they are in Tower of Druaga, but um, they're there. And if you, you know, if you're really going for a high score, then you need to sit down and it's not quite frame counting but it's close mm-hmm. it's like keep track of how you kill enemies and yes. so on I'm sure there's some speedrunner out there who has this memorized and uses it to just bend the game over his leg I don't doubt it yeah uh, so from geek.com bubble bobble keeps track of tons of player actions how many bubbles you've blown and popped how many times you've jumped etc and uses those to determine the power ups that appear so I don't know maybe there's like some sort of crazy super scoring game where the like you don't ever jump unless you absolutely have to uh yeah. like like some of those crazy Mario Maker levels where they're like you jump and you die um I don't know I don't really I, I that's the kind of minutia that I don't like to explore in video games because it's too much like real work <laughs> but for people who are into yeah. that I could see Bubble Bobble you know like really having uh, a lot of appeal I'd love to see you know like a master Face off like it's a tournament of of top level bubble bobble players to see who can <laughs> who can make it the highest. I, I assume it would be like a really interesting tense challenge and not just people doing the exact same thing as each other. I but think there's enough randomness to the game. It's a game about friendship, Jeremy, not competition. Right? Well, you play with a friend as you compete against your enemies. That's fair. <laughs> I think that would work. Right. Um, so I don't know. Is there anything more to speak about with Bubble Bobble? Like the way the game plays? I mean, it, like I said, it's pretty straightforward aside from the hidden stuff. Yeah. Uh, but then again, so was Wonder Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's true. We're gonna, we're not gonna fall down into that spiral of hell though. Um, let's see. We're gonna need clothes. Okay. I don't think there are any major differences between the arcade and NES version. They they look slightly different, but they, they, they like, look different. Uh, but they're, yeah, obviously it looks better in the arcade. They're pretty yeah. close. Yeah. The arcade version has a screen that says uh, like the highest player, the best player of that day, like on like a little chart. But that's basically all I can all, all I notice when I play yeah. it. It's definitely one of those easy to port games. Yeah. Because <laughs> of its simplicity. Lots of interesting details, bubbles that contain water that would sweep the stage, spelling extend for one-ups, hidden stages, warps, esoteric rules behind, okay, true ending, be, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so yeah, we've pretty much got it. Everything's there. Um, and Bubble Wobble has shown up on a lot of systems. It's one of those games that actually gets licensed for things like Virtual Console, so it's even on the new NES Classic Edition. And uh, who owns Taito at this point? Like Toto? Square Enix. Oh, Square Enix does? Wow, mm. okay, yeah. Um, and that's one of the few properties from Taito that they bother to do anything with. Um, there was like some uh-huh. elevator action stuff that shows up occasionally, but for the most part, Darius, Taito. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and then Space Invaders. So it's one yeah. of like the the three or four enduring Taito yeah. creations. They don't even release their own games. I'm surprised that they bother with Taito, but uh, uh, I, I mean, guess it's just like an easy yeah. way to get like, money. Yeah. How hard is it to make a Bubble Bobble game? Taito's really uh, sort of like their arcade-focused arm, I think, now. Because <laughs> they still make stuff like Groove Coaster for the arcade. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I like the the iOS version. It's sort of, yeah. Yeah. So arcade and mobile type stuff every once in a while. Uh, yeah. Have you guys played any of the remakes? Uh, Bubble Bobble old and new for Game Boy Advance? I no. haven't. Uh, that, that hideous... Uh, DS game and just had the worst cover yes, art. Yes, double shot. Yeah, the cover art might be worse than the River City Ransom Game Boy Advance art. Is it worse looks... than the Bust a Move for Super NES? Or no, um, is PlayStation with the, the, the baby bubble? with the spit bubble? At least that had a good con- a good but revolting concept behind it. That This just is amateurish. Like the, the River City Ransom Game Boy Advance is like Penny Arcade fan art. That's what it looks like. Right. And this is just like they hired some I guy off the street. Can you, can you draw dinosaurs? Get in here, buddy. I'll give uh, you a sandwich. Sure. <laughs> They just took a screenshot of Color a Dinosaur for NES. Yeah. The- yeah. Square Enix may own title now, but, you know, back when they were doing that sort of thing, they really licensed out the games and their franchises to, you know, different sorts of distributors across the globe. And they didn't always <laughs> interpret their games that well for the marketing. Um, yeah, actually, there were two two remakes for DS. There was Bubble Bobble Revolution. I think that's the one you're talking about. That's the about. one, yeah. It's just really awful. Like, the yeah. game itself looks as bad as the cover art. Yeah, the Revolution games are awful. And then Double Shot, which um, is not as bad. It, it kind of features a silhouette mirage-style color matching mechanic, yeah. which um, I guess kind of blurs the boundary between Bubble Bobble and Bust-A-Move Puzzle Bobble, mm. which we'll talk about later. Which became the more popular version of that, this whole... Thing, I think. Alas. Yeah. Or was well, it more popular or more was it prolific? Just, uh, yeah. The more viable, I think. Yeah. Like, I agree with Ray. I, I wonder, viable, I prolific. wonder if, yeah, I wonder which series has actually sold more. The more um, ripped off. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> Snood. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I actually missed out on Bubble Bobble Old and New for Game Boy Advance. That was kind of like the first attempt to really consciously revisit the original game. There was um, more than one old and game in the old and new series, right? Yeah, there was Elevator Action Old and New. Did which that was come out of, here? No. I didn't think so. Uh, but I did import that one because I love me some Elevator yeah. Action. I know you, I knew you wrote about it. That's what I was asking. Yeah. So, well, like, so the old game was just the part of the arcade Yeah, game. pretty much. It what was, was the new? What did the new entail? In Bubble Bobble? Yeah. Like just uh, new graphics? I could have told you a month ago. Okay. <laughs> That's the um, one thing I didn't look up on this whole list. I was just curious. No, I think it – uh, oh, God. I, I, I can't say – well, Sorry, it's lost the time, and no one will ever care. There's a lot of notes here. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, let's not get fixated when, on yeah, one port. Yeah, a lot I agree. of ports in GBA. But anyway, the point is, Bubble Bobble endures. Um, like I said, 
30 years after its debut, it's on the NES classic console, yeah. mini console. So <clears throat> I mean, like, sure that's a that's a, a pretty healthy sign of its I would say a lot more European fans know it better from all the computer ports because it was on like every computer as well. So not just NES. Oh, yeah. It's it's probably like Double Dragon where it had like 30 ports or something like that. Was there an Atari 2600 version of Bubble Bobble? Oh, God. And if so, why not? Uh It might be now as a homebrew, I think. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's that's too many characters. I think the Double Dragon port had like one enemy at a time. They just wait their turn on the side of the screen. Mm. Time to fight me now. That was Bubble Bobble. Now it's time to get into the strange world of Bubble Bobble 2, which mm. is like five different games. Which sequel is the real sequel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ray, this is where we're going to need your help. Of course. So on my list here, I have Bubble Bobble Part 2. Yeah. That would seem pretty straightforward. Uh, but then there's Rainbow Islands, the story of Bubble Bobble yeah. 2, which is not the story of Bubble Bobble Part 2. It's a no. different story altogether. Yes. Then there's Bubble Bobble 2, a.k.a. Bubble Symphony. Yes. Then there's Mm. Paris All-Stars, the story of Bubble Bobble 3, or Paris All-Stars, the story of Rainbow Islands 2, depending on who you ask. (laughs) So that's not really really Bubble Bobble 2, but it does get into that sort of like, which sequel is this? What is this game? Yeah. They didn't pay a lot of attention to their numbering. And a a lot of the discrepancies of numbering kind of happened across different versions of the games. So in regions. In regions, yes. And so it's a big mess. Yes. Uh, so why don't we talk about Bubble Bobble Part 2 first because that's yes. probably the game – I was going to say the game Americans might know best because mm-hmm. it was released here on NES – but then again, it was apparently re- released in really tiny numbers because that like, game sells for a lot of money now, like every late-era Taito yeah, game on yep, NES. Yep, yep. It's like a 93 game or something very late, 92. Very late. Yeah, I, the, I remember this being very disappointing. Like, I rented it liking Bubble Bobble, and I found, I found that it looked pretty neat, but it, it felt pretty sterile. It didn't have the kind of life in it that the Bubble, Bubble, Bubble Bubble 1 had. did have new music. Yeah. Let's give it that. Uh, <laughs> different music. At the same time, I was Stockholm Syndrome into loving the original music, so. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I think it looks better, obviously. It definitely looks looks um, very better. Like, every, everything has, like, a black outline around it yeah. instead of having the, the stark sort, black background. Sort of like Bomberman 2 yeah. on NES as well. It's just kind of like an upgrading graphics, but sort of, sort of keeping uh, the same core gameplay intact. And yeah, maybe It more, does. Maybe it's more bosses, prettier, faster, and has a greater variety in scenery, according to my notes. But it is largely <laughs> identical in terms of play design. Um, you know, there's, like, new stuff to do, but not a lot of it. Um, there's... Some mini games, including like a volleyball yeah. match, which uh, I think is just something you kind of stumble into, not randomly, but you have to like trigger it as a secret. Hmm. And then after so many levels, I think 25 levels, every 25 levels or so, you fight a boss. Uh, so there's not just super drunk. There are bosses throughout the game. I think one of them's like a scorpion or something. I haven't really played this game because I can't afford a copy. <laughs> but it's, uh, I don't know, it seems charming. But again... Um, you know, do you really want to play this game all over again? And also, one big absence in this game was cooperative play. Yeah, I was gonna say you're it was a the lead single. Here. Yeah, uh, sorry, I should have okay. I should have started by uh, immediately by condemning just, this yeah, game, like saying, "Damn you, Bubble Bubble Two. Yeah, that I, that's probably great. the sterility you're talking about, Bob. You mm. can't play with another person. 
It's true. It's a game for lonely children. And I was, but I still, they would I still eventually, have one friend. They would eventually buy PlayStations and play RPGs while brown, dining, there, dying their hair brown. Yes. There was like a weird sort of like abandoning of two-player simultaneous games on NES. Like after TMNT2, it's like you didn't really see that anymore. It was all a lot of single-player focused stuff. I yeah, guess competitive. Because, I guess because it made more sense on Super NES. Who knows? But uh, I guess. But that was, that was kind of when co-op design took off in the arcades. Like once Brawlers yeah. took over... Um, that was what everyone wanted. Although I guess, you know, 93, that would have been the rise of fighting games. So maybe the idea was that competitive or cooperative play was falling by the wayside in favor of competitive play. They probably made the sprites too big. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's (laughs) probably just too much going on. (laughs) I mean, you know, those advanced memory mappers on NES could do a lot, but they still had their limitations. You were were dealing with decade-old hardware at that point. So what is the price as of now? I, I assume you know these kind of things, Jeremy. No, I, I've stopped looking at <laughs> Taito NES games, especially complete in box, because they just make me sad. Mm. But I mean, that's, you know, Little Samson, Power Blade 2, uh, Surprise on Dinosaur Peak. Like, all of these games sell for upwards of $1,000 if you get them yeah. complete. It would be, it, yeah. It'd be fine if they weren't all, you know, good. I mean, they are all good, basically. Not great, but, you know, like Taito really put in some extra effort. I mean, I, I like... love me some, some Power Blade 2. <sighs> yeah. I really wish I had bought that game when I had the opportunity. I wish I had bought uh, Little Samson's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, so that's one Bubble Bobble 2, but that was only Bubble Bobble 2 on NES. Yeah. That, that version did not show up anywhere else. So then you get to Rainbow Islands, which was the arcade sequel, basically. And chronologically came first. Right. Yes. After I guess we should have started with that, but I'm disorganized. It's fine. I think just keep it going. We'll Bubble, figure it Rain- out later. Rainbow Islands, the story of Bubble Bobble 2. Yes. Um, so, yeah, like I said, that started in the arcades and really did feel like a, a full sequel to Bubble Bobble. It, it doesn't play at all alike. It's very different. But, mm-hmm. like, the idea is you play as Bub and Bob, who are now humans, uh, dressed like little yes. little geeks, little chubby boys. Yeah, I mean it is. I guess canon because uh-huh. after they finished the first game, right. they get turned back into. They had boys. an adventure in the cave of monsters and became boys yeah. again. I don't want to be a rosy cheeked little boy. <laughs> I want to be yeah. a dinosaur. Yeah, I know. Lame. Um, but yeah, like that was wasn't wasn't Rainbow Islands like the first game Working Designs published? Uh, no, it was Parasol, Parasol Stars. Stars. Uh, yeah. Okay, it's up next. They added a bunch of fart jokes. I'm kidding. Uh, did did they publish Rainbow Islands or was that someone no. else? Okay. Rainbow Islands did show up on NES, though. It did. I played that so board I played. So there There's are two, two, different versions, two yeah. Bubble Bobbles, two Bubble Bobble 2s on, on NES. Uh, and two Rainbow Islands. No, there's two Rainbow Islands on NES? Yes. Wait. There is a Western version made in Europe and then the Japanese port. Whoa, I missed oh, out on that. Oh, I didn't know this. Tell me more, Ray. <laughs> uh, one is good, one is not. Oh, okay. <laughs> is the Western I one bet the, the I bet one? the Japanese one is the good one. <sighs> I honestly forget. I might have to like look okay. it up here on my magic. I mean, device. like, is one of them by Ocean or something? Or yeah, yeah, U.S. Gold. Yeah, yeah. Yuck. Okay, well, there you go. No offense to anyone uh, who might be listening who, for you know whatever reason, worked at Ocean. It's you know it's a job. It's fine. Um, yeah. Okay. So so this game, unlike Bubble Bobble Part Two, did not play like Bubble Bobble. I mean, yes, it's a single screen platformer, except it's not. It scrolls. Um, so. It's not even that. Um, but it, it's a platformer with chubby little characters. So, you know, you've got that going for it. And when you beat enemies, they turn into, like, they're, they're human enemies or 
humanoid enemies, a lot of them, but they turn into bubble bobble monster sprites when you defeat them. So it kind of raises this this question, like, what is the real form of these characters? Are Bub and Bob really <laughs> yeah. supposed to be human? So my theory is uh, the monster world is the afterlife. Mm, sure. And yeah. uh, when you kill the – okay, so that, that, that's that's my theory. I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. And Bub and Bob are dead and killing Super Drunk brought them to life as oh, little boys. It's a Reddit theory. Yes. Okay. All, 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 all online theories are that thing was really dead yeah. all this whole time. It's like a bad Squall Twilight Zone. All is dead. Yeah. They were playing around a bit too much with the Necronomicon and <laughs> shit got wild. The Cave of Monsters was actually a hellmouth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so the big change in this game is that instead of blowing bubbles, you shoot rainbows. So someone yes. someone talk about this, please. The rainbows are bigger than bubbles. They arc out in front of you, and you can basically use them as, as stair steps, essentially. Just keep layering them on, and that's how you basically get up the stages later on. It's kind, yeah. of, it's kind of strange. There's, there's no animation for shooting the rainbow. It just kind of just like extends out of you and like – I don't know. It felt kind of like cheap a little bit because Bub and Bob would open their mouths. It's just like I want to see like a hand shoot out a rainbow. It just sort of like appears out of you. It's like, you know, Care Bear stare. It just uh, comes out of their hearts. Yeah, the exactly. rainbow flies from, gross. from their essence. <laughs> is it? I don't know that. I so, like yeah. Care Bears. I need, I need a biological uh, like <laughs> backing to this. It's a secretion. Okay. Uh, so uh, besides that also like the, the rainbows fall after a certain amount of time. So mm-hmm. they'll just fall down the screen. And so you can also use that sort of like in the way that the bubbles were used to like cascade down. They, they can just fall down and hit enemies on the way down and sort of like – actually, it's a lot like burger time in a way. Yeah. <laughs> You just send these uh, these layers down the screen, and you can uh, get more enemies that way. Yeah, and you can point. you can barf out a whole lot of rainbows at a time. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the game is you know kind of like a um, climbing game. You know, think like uh, Yoshi Touch and Go or something like that, where you're trying to get to the top. I don't want to think of Yoshi Touch oh, and Go. Oh come on, that game was good. It, was okay. it just wasn't a full. It didn't merit a full release. Yeah, it should have been a mini game on yeah. something else. I agree. But anyway, the point is. Um, this game did show up on DS, so there you go. Mm-hmm. No, that wasn't the point. Um, <laughs> the point was that, uh, yeah, like you can actually do some some pretty interesting stuff in Rainbow Islands. I've never really wrapped my head around it, but I've watched like you know time attacks and things like that, and I'm like wow, people are good at this game that I suck at. So there's something to it. There's some substance, um, and the game again, as as with most Taito games, contains tons of in jokes. You know, like Space Invader references, and there's yeah. stages that look like Arkanoid. So, if you love Taito, you love Rainbow Islands. And each of the game's <laughs> ten worlds has a boss battle. Yeah, was that was that not a true? It's a big step up. Okay. Wait, what? It's a big step up for Bubble Bobble. Uh, yes. More than ten, just one ten boss. Bosses. Yeah. I have one thing to add, though. Okay. Uh, the music I found really interesting. I want to play it if I can on here. Uh... <laughs> That's the uh, non-union Mexican equivalent of Over the Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. is, but they yes. they got um they got Seinfeld's bassist to play uh, chiptune music. It's Kramer's great. about to bust in the Rainbow Islands. The funny thing is, like, I feel like that's different enough to not be a litigious issue. But with later ports, they really backed away from that song. I feel like somebody at the company was like, "We can't do this anymore." Yeah, it's pretty like, much not yeah. in the in the S version. Uh, yeah, the same okay. thing. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, uh, so there was Rainbow Stars. Actually, let's skip to number four here and talk about or Rainbow Islands. Let's talk about there's Rainbow Islands. Rainbow now let's is. skip to number four on the list. We'll skip over number three for now. 
of Bubble Bobble 2s and talk about Paris All Stars. Yes. Okay, so that was the one that Working Designs published. Yeah, in that, the was US. Our, that was their first, first program. Game, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, this game also features Human Bub and Bob, and it has a much more esoteric mechanic than the previous Bubble Bobble games. It's getting more into like the Chack and Pop style where it's kind of complicated. Mm-hmm. Like your characters can't really attack directly, but they carry parasols, hence the name. Yes. And it's like they took the fact that there was like the water flooding mechanic and bubble bobble and said, let's build a game around that. Yeah. So so basically everything you do involves catching stuff on the tip of your parasol. So like if stuff falls from above, you can hold it on your parasol and then you kind of like spin it around and then you can fling it forward. Uh, but you can also like kind of use your parasol as a weapon. Yeah. Um, so it's it's strange. It's not yeah. nearly as like a, oh I get it as Bubble Bobble was. There, yeah. there are a, a lot of Japanese games though where you use an umbrella as a weapon, and I love it. It's just very whimsical. <laughs> like the most fragile thing that should never be swung around. It's just like they're shooting things out of it. They're they're hitting people with it. Sorry, right? No, no. I was gonna say you can think of that parasol as just like a bubble that's always stuck to you. you know? Yeah, because you use it to hit it, and yeah, then it okay. captures the enemy, and then you fling them that way. Yeah, it reminds me of – what does it remind me of? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I put in the notes. I didn't. Okay. Well, I did put in the, my notes that it's maybe the cutest game ever. Mm-hmm. I I would like for someone to contest this. No, I agree. I was going to say it's the platonic ideal of video game cuteness. Like Everything is very chubby wow. and like adorable. <laughs> I want to pinch everybody's oh, cheek Bob's, in the game. Oh, Ray seems to disagree. Uh-oh. Oh, Ray. <laughs> I think <laughs> the later games cuteness. are cuter. The later arcade games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do. Well, Bubble Symphony is Yeah, but I mean, there's cute. like an entire level where you're you're fighting these cat enemies that look just like Pusheen. Like how, <laughs> oh, how can you beat that? I'm going to say uh, this could be controversial on the cuteness argument, but I feel like uh, adding more detail to things might subtract from the cuteness a little bit. Uh, just like That's the true. shading and stuff. I feel like the, the simple, chubby, very colorful graphics of this game um, make it a it's little true. cuter than Bubble it's, Symphony. It strikes a balance. The yeah. character sprites are pretty flat. And then there's no yeah, shading sure. on them, but the backgrounds are more shaded and stuff. Mm. So, yeah, it's, they they pop out more. So, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, this one was um, – I, I I admit I've never actually played it. It's um, it's pretty easy to find, isn't it? Like there's collections and stuff that have it. Oh. So uh, it's just like me failing at life. I don't think it was collected too much. No. No? Okay. It's basically, I, uh, yeah. it, was, it was a TurboGrafx game. It was a PC Engine game. I've only played it emulated, and I played it a yeah. lot uh, Like when I was in high school. I and, loved this game. And then ported in Europe, uh, where it was called The Story of Rainbow Islands, too. Right. Okay, well, me not being European and not uh, having owned a PC Engine back in the day or TurboGrafx, uh, yeah. I guess I missed out. But, Bob, tell me, like, what was it about the game that appealed to you so much besides the cuteness? I think that was really it. It just – and also um, there was more variety in Bubble Bobble. Like I, like I said, I loved just all the items and different kinds of enemies, and this game was sort of like the logical I – w- I won't say conclusion, but next step or third step maybe where it's just like um, – the same, the same kind of action in a way, but uh, with a little more variety to it. And again, uh, the nicer graphics, the nicer music. And did we say this was an arcade game first? Was it? No. It wasn't? Okay. Oh, it wasn't? No. I wasn't sure. So it's it's only, Actually, I don't think I said that. Okay, so it's only a PC Engine game. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Well, and then the ports again. But I yeah, found originally. It, it struck a good balance between uh, arcade um, simplicity and sort of like platformery um, complication in a way. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, it, it wasn't as simple as Bubble Bobble. Mm-hmm. There's a little more to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and by the way, apparently, I think on the Japanese cover of the box, it's a it's a misprint. It has to be a misprint. It says the story of Bubble Bobble Two, <laughs> <laughs> the actual game, and everything else is Bubble Bobble Three on the Japanese version. I've not actually seen it in my hands in person, so I don't know for sure. I've only seen pictures of it, but <laughs> I think it's misprinted. Okay, so that just so this might be Bubble Bobble, Bobble Two. Uh, isn't all. isn't three bad luck in Japanese? So they uh, no, it's four. Four. Oh, is it's bad four. Luck. Okay, yeah, chi, right? That's that's racist. Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, so anyway, and that takes us back to number three, which is actually number four now. So that's just leading to the confusion. Sorry, Bob. What? Um, (laughs) Bubble Bobble 2, Bubble Symphony. And this one was also an arcade game, right? Yes, this was. Arcade and Saturn for this one. Oh, yeah. And that's it. It hasn't been on anything else, right? I think that was in one of the Legends collections. Yeah, 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 okay. Um, uh, so this was, yeah, I love this because, you know, the Japanese name was Bubble uh, Symphony, right? And then... For every other region, they just called it Bubble Bobble 2, hmm. which is like, couldn't you have at least looked back a little bit <laughs> to see the other games Remember you that made? other game yeah. that you distributed? <laughs> so was there an American arcade version of this ever? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. It's weird. It Maybe one of those things where it's like in Maine, but uh, called World, so it's just like yeah. not necessarily American. But it's weird. Maybe the distribution was weird in Ohio, I, but I never saw like <laughs> Taito games in arcades ever. Like I, I, I saw none of these games that were yeah. in arcades well, in is, my arcades. Yeah, this is in the time where like you know American arcades were pretty much you know on the way out, and a lot of it was either Neo Geo or NBA Jam. So yeah. I think you know <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Unless like you were that. in like some very uh, uh, luck. Excuse me. Yeah, unless you were in very some very fortunate test market where you may yeah. show up. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Like Taito kind of disappeared after Darius, and what was it, Ninja Crusaders with the Ninja triple, Warriors? Ninja Warriors, okay, yeah. with the triple screens. Um, I remember those because, like, look at those graphics and the screens. Wow, crazy! What the hell? Uh, and then I, yeah, I don't remember they, seeing. They Taito had some trouble in the that. '90s. Yeah, a lot of their '90s yeah. arcade games are not that great. Like this yeah. game, I learned about through uh, messing around with Mame. Like, oh, there's there's more Bubble Bobble games. Okay, yeah. I'm on board, and it that's seems, where I played the most of this. It seems like Taito distribution in the U.S. just kind of sucked in general in the '90s because that's why all those NES games are so expensive because they and just why they license everything out yeah. all the time to like everybody, right? Yeah, so like Parasol Stars probably wouldn't have come here if it weren't for working designs, is my yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. So this makes sense. Yeah. So you never saw Bubble Symphony ever. We're hearing about it for the first time here on Retronauts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's really, really good. <laughs> I can, I can see why they would call it Bubble Bobble too, though, because it really, like, this is it is the way the to sell next it. Bubble Bobble. Yeah. Like it yeah, is yeah. Bubble Bobble, but you can play as twice as many characters. There's four characters now. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like the Outfoxies, but with bubbles. <laughs> to make a famous uh, Bob Mackie analogy, I feel like Bubble Bubble 1 is uh, Legend of Zelda. This one's like a link to the past. Like same sort of mechanics. Damn. Okay. But more complicated, but delivering on the same sort of uh, essentials. I'll I buy that. Yeah. Um, it feels like a sort of Nintendo style remake in that way. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah, that works. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. No argument. <laughs> <laughs> but unlike unlike a link to the past, 
Um, this has not been like the black hole around like from whose gravity that franchise has never escaped. True. But I don't think they have many chances after this to uh, develop more of these style games. Don't you remember Bubble Bobble Ocarina of Time? <laughs> Revolutionized 3D bubble blasting. Well, Puzzle Bobble is the black hole, if we're being honest. Uh, that's true. targeting I remember that. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, even though – okay, you could play as four different characters, but it was only two-player simultaneous – there was Boblin, Bublin, which are the dinosaur versions of Bubba Bob. full Christian names, right? Yes, uh, that's right. Yes. They were also known as Bubby and Bobby in America. Uh, in of course the they were. So, that would, uh, so it's not just the games that have six names. It's right, also yeah, the, it's characters. the characters. And then there's Kululun and Kororon. And uh, I don't know anything about those characters. Like there's probably an extensive biography on them on, on some fan wiki somewhere, but I don't know what that would be. Um, anyway, so yeah, you could play as – as one of four different characters, but only two people. So it's like the two-player version of the Gauntlet Arcade Cabinet or something. Um, there are way more enemy types, tons of bosses, but it's still pretty much like mechanically like Bubble Bobble 1. It really doesn't yeah. try to reinvent the wheel It's or the bubble. It's just like here's what you love, but more of it. Yeah. Well, again, that's sort of what Taito did in that period. Because they also did Elevator Action Returns. Mm-hmm. They did Arkanoid Returns, which sucks. I but... wish every game could be as good as Elevator Action Returns. <laughs> if only. Mm-hmm. See? That's, that's, but Arkanoid isn't. So. Arkanoid <laughs> Returns. And this this game has even more Taito fan service than ever. Not just like Space Invaders and Arkanoid, but stuff like Pocky and Rocky. Like they dig deep in this game. Oh, yeah. It's just like if you love Taito, you really love Bubble Symphony. Exactly. Or something like that. Um Anyway, and each character has slightly different attributes, but I haven't really played much of this game and certainly haven't experimented with Kororon and Kulurun. So can you guys speak to how different the characters are? It's probably just like speed and bubble distance and number of bubbles, I assume. I think I only played as the dinosaurs because I didn't care about these other characters. And it, it felt pretty similar to – I mean uh, they are kind of like the – um, the cousin Vance and cousin cousin <laughs> cousin Oliver. I can't remember the the Duke boy oh, the Duke, replacements. The Duke replacements. Yeah, Koi yeah. and Vance. That's it. I mean, they would show up in the. I mean, Kororon and Koi even kind of sound alike. Mm-hmm. Mm. They would be all over the the puzzle games, but um, I I actually didn't really ever know their names. It's like, oh, it's that it's that thing. I get it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's I'm making the connection here. All right. Well, anyway, that was the tortuous journey that was Bubble Bobble Two's. Um, and now let's go on to Bubble Bobble 3. Bubble Memories, the story of Bubble Bobble 3. We're just going to say there's one Bubble Bobble 3. Ah, but <laughs> oh, 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 God, I've offended Ray. What? No, what? it's just, I'm, no, you're not, I'm not offended. I'm just like, oh, no, but there's still parasol stars and all this other shit. Well, we did talk about parasol stars. I know, I'm just saying they're called Bubble Bobble 3. <laughs> I know, but let's pretend. Let's pretend we're living in a happier universe. So I feel like there are timelines in place here. The, the official <laughs> Bubble Bobble timeline where oh, right. uh, one branch... Super drunk is destroyed. <laughs> The yeah. hero of time. You're right, you're right. Well, it kind of makes sense because in one timeline, the dinosaurs turn back into boys and their adventures continue. On the oh other God. one, they stay dinosaurs. The bad ending. Boblin fails. Or, or Ganon wins. All right. And, uh, they, Super drunk wins. Yeah, they stay dinosaurs, which is my, my preferred timeline, to be honest, even yeah. though I love Parasol Star. So I feel like there are there are two timelines in place here. All right, Bob, this episode is going to be going Historia. up. This episode is going to be going up uh, at the end of Thanksgiving or at the end of November around Thanksgiving. So your task by then is to come up with a timeline diagram for Bubble Bobble. I'll I'll write it for fandom and immediately get fired. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares about this, Bob? So, so yes, this is your task. This is your assignment from this episode. I'll try to get away with it. (laughs) All right. So, Bubble Memories, the story of Bubble Bobble 3. By the way, uh, before anything, I I apologize. This is the game that 
was out alongside Elevator Action Returns and Arcanode Returns. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And it, it definitely looks like it. Um, yeah. But not in a good way. No. Like, I like the way Elevator Action 2 looks because it's, like, really, like, detailed animation and lots of enemy variety and just crazy stuff happening in the screens. Lots of environmental effects, buildings blowing up and yeah. rocket ships lifting off. This game has that kind of early 90s look that you saw in stuff like um, like Buster Brothers. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah. yeah and yeah. Pang and yeah. that sort of thing. Bad JPEG where it's backgrounds. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, Certain ports of Tetris. <laughs> I mean, basically like every Kicks clone, Quicks clone um, and like Pachinko porn game, like just a scan. I mean, this is yeah. there's no porn in this one that I'm aware of. But it's like, yeah, it's like a bad... <laughs> Uh, low resolution scan in the yeah. background, and then the graphics in front. Um, for some reason, they're isometric, like kind of with that double dragon perspective on them. Uh huh. And that doesn't work with no. the backgrounds, and it doesn't work with the character sprites. So it doesn't really look that good. No. The characters look nice, yeah. and there's lots of lots lots happening on the screen. I mean, in 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 that respect, I, I can see the connection with Elevator Action Returns because mm-hmm. that was a game that would just like throw waves of enemies at you and you'd like blow up an entire floor of a building. Yeah. Um, and you can just like blast bubbles until it fills the screen here. And there's tons of enemies in this one too. Yeah. Uh, it was on their F3 system, which is sort of like Taito's equivalent to the Neo Geo. Mm. So it was pretty powerful compared to their earlier mm. stuff. And I think it was called Bubble Memories because it, it was 10 years after the first Bubble Bubbles, a 96 game. I mean, yeah. I'm going to assume that's what that is referencing. I mean, it makes sense. I don't yeah. know. If it, who knows? Remember your bubbles. It's just <laughs> it's just one of those soft words to use. Yeah. <laughs> Along with symphony memory. Tim True Summers will be there and laughing too. Um, <clears throat> so the big mechanical change for this one was the addition of giant bubbles. Uh, you could, of course. Instead of just shooting lots and lots of bubbles, which you could do, you could fill up the screen. But if you held down the, the bubble button, the belching button, whatever it is, B for belch bubbles, um, you would charge up and your charge shot would be a huge bubble, which you could um, basically trap multiple enemies in. It was was basically a score thing. Like the more enemies you could trap in a giant bubble, the more points you would get. So it really – it's still – you know, even in 96 or whatever, it still had that classic arcade ethos where it was really about getting a high score – Yes, okay, go beat the game, get to the end, but who cares unless you can, you know, command the top score slot. Yeah. Like if, if you know, Twin Galaxies doesn't want to hear about it, no one wants to hear about it. Yeah. God, I, I'm looking at some of these screenshots and you're right. This is they're, – they're pretty bad. It's like someone put in their like their photo CD or something mm-hmm. while you're playing the game. It's just like – It's like, you. oh, I'm playing Bubble Bobble on top of Encarta. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's yeah. a picture of a lion's face poorly put on top of another background. It's <laughs> This happened a lot in arcade games. Yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've definitely seen it. It's yeah. bringing back some, some bad memories. And but... scanning was badass back then. I used to yeah. like dream about having a scanner yeah. so I could make comics and – like put the yeah, like, oh it'd be so amazing imagine how much that cost them yeah exactly <laughs> it's like you're going to play bubble, bubble 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 on top of a picture of a cheetah and we you're going to like so it so much money to create this garbage yeah. yes <laughs> that's a real cheetah those don't come cheap sunk cost my friends takayuki had to stand there and slowly scan this thing over <laughs> yeah. a humongous pc for your sake god, by god you're going to enjoy it and it took photoshop 1.0 at least half an hour to save each file oh god <laughs> So anyway, 
Um, okay, we'll stop making fun of the way the game looks. Have you guys played Bubble Memories? Uh, it's way only less, way less than Symphony. Yeah, to be honest, uh, I remember Symphony a lot more. Uh, these backgrounds are not very familiar. I think I would remember just playing on top of distorted wildlife pictures more than I than I do now. But uh, I mean, I, I like the bosses are very cool. Like I'm looking at pictures right now, and I see like a giant like yeah dragon floating dragon boss. It looks awesome. Like I like how the characters themselves look. Yeah, this is one. It's on Taito Legends 2, I want to say. Um, I know I've I've had access to it, but it's one that I just never had any interest in playing because it's just like bubble bobble but uglier, like without yeah. the charm. There's that period. I mean, the only one – again, out of those three I mentioned, it's like elevator action is the only one that really all the all the goodness, All the goodness went to that game. Yeah, yeah. Squandered. Okay, so that's basically the end of – the original Bubble Bobble games. From this point on, it becomes remakes, rehashes, yep. and sort of limp attempts to follow up on that. Oh, so limp. So we'll we'll get to that after we take a break so we can clear out the farts. Methane's gone. It's amazing how much of that stuff can fit into a little studio like that. And I speaking ate, of farts, I let's talk about onions. let's talk about all the remakes of Bubble Bobble. Oh boy, I thought we already touched this. Uh, we had revolu- we had some revolutions. We in did. Here. Well, it's not just it's not just the uh, the remakes of that game, but many of the remakes for many of the games. They're very not good for the most part. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's just a few here to talk talk about, but um, all of them are kind of a little like. What's the word? Disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A letdown. A travesty. A shame. Okay, I think we got it. <laughs> um, so I actually have only played one of these, which was Rainbow Islands Revolution. And uh, that was enough to make me say, what? I think I'm going to pass on these. Yeah. <laughs> so gross looking. Like pre-rendered okay. uh, sprites, right? Um, Badly animated pre-rendered sprites? I'm trying to remember. I just There's the so video, many of these yeah. that have pre-rendered sprites. I can't even remember. What um, I don't get about it, all it was of all this. touch-based though. Ugh. Like you controlled everything with the touch. Oh, screen. I'm thinking about the PSP one. Like I, I guess yeah. they were thinking Kirby Canvas Curse. Hmm. Like draw some <laughs> rainbows. <laughs> draw some Look. rainbows. Yeah. But. Kirby's Canvas Curse was a game that showed off the inherent potential of the DS. Rainbow Island's Revolution is not. No. Here's the thing. I don't really understand why Taito, whoever controlled them at this point, um, they were really doubling down on Rainbow Islands for some reason when I feel like there was no Rainbow Islands nostalgia. No one I knew ever cared about this game. Everyone knew Bubble Bobble. Exactly. No one cared about Rainbow Islands, so it wasn't just me. Okay. We don't want to play as the damn kids. I mean, it was a fine game, but I feel like Bubble Bobble is much more appealing. Yeah, well, I mean, there's only so many times you can mine the same hole in the ground. True, true. So I think they just, by necessity, had to move along to other franchises. That's That's my thought. Um... Let's see. What else was there? There was Bubble Bobble Plus. Not just Plus, but Plus. It's got an exclamation point, so you know it's good. Yeah. That was for Xbox Live Arcade and Wii <laughs> for the Wii 60 fan. It looks like Mighty Number no. 9. Um, Owned. Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
Well, people say that game looks like a uh, an XBLA game from from olden times. Uh, I was looking at these go. graphics. I'm like, oh yeah, yes. yeah. There is that kind of like emptiness to it. Yeah, the sort of like uh, like character modeling 101 to the polygons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and not a lot of life. So, oh, someone highlighted the important part that I was. I, I almost buried the lead. Bubble Bobble, it's standard fare, but they finally added the four-player co-op that was missing from Bubble Symphony, I want to say. Yeah. So four characters, all of whom are just like Blue Toad, Yellow Toad, Red Toad, except yeah. Bub and Bob. But you can play as four people together. So that's so cool. Like, do the other characters have names? Like Bib and Bab and Beb. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Blue Bub and I don't know. Um, I think part of the reason that the levels look so sparse is because they expanded the the size of them and made everything inside smaller mm. so that you would have more space to have four characters. Because if you – let's be fair. Like if you played Bubble Bobble with the same screen proportions as the arcade game, the original arcade or NES game, with four people at, the, at a time, that would get really crowded and really difficult to manage. So they did need to kind of space it out a little bit. I guess the question then becomes like does adding a fourth – player here is that like a deleterious effect does that hurt the game hmm. i think sometimes that's... it is in lots of games mm-hmm. to be honest <laughs> like it I, seems I, like oh that that would be the thing i want but yeah. then you actually get it and realize that wanting a thing is, is better than having like, it yeah i guess it depends i i've never played this one but it depends on how uh things escalate with more players if it's tuned to increase uh enemies or power ups with more players um if if it's tuned that way it could work but um, it does seem kind of busy for uh, Bubble Bobble, that kind of gameplay. Yeah, as opposed to like Bomberman where everyone basically has to work their way towards each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then something like now where we have Towerfall Ascension where it's like, yeah, it's pretty pretty manic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that anyone ever actually played this four-player co-op. So I don't know if it's possible I, to say it, if it worked. It's, it's awful, so no. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Um, Did we mention uh, Rainbow Islands PSP, the best part about that? No, we haven't. Do tell. It, well, the character designs. This are... is not Rainbow Islands Revolution. It's Rainbow Islands Evolution. Yeah, this is the one with the or, really bad pre-rendered graphics. Or in Japan, Rainbow Islands Hurdy Gurdy Daiboken. Sure, of course. Which is who's Hurdy Gurdy? Is that Super Drunk's name? And no, it's what Bob and Bob have. They play Hurdy Gurdies. What is Their that? Where the rainbows designs. come from? I in this one maybe. Yeah. Wait, what is a Hurdy Gurdy? It's the like little... a. Oh, go ahead. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like a hand-cranked, not like a musical box, but it plays music. Yeah. Shaped like a... Like a, like a weird, okay. It's like uh, almost like an like accordion what, like that what you play with a crank. Like what those organ grinders have? Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. kind of like that. So, but it's shaped like a... Like there's a, like a PS2 game called Hurdy Gurdy. called? Unrelated. Anyway. A water gland. <laughs> a water gland? You mean a bladder? Yes. One of those... <laughs> we those hot water bottles, those old oh, school okay, hot okay. water bottles. We're not getting. We haven't got the liquid kits yet. <laughs> Sorry, I am never good with words. <laughs> That's why I'm a writer, wow. not a speaker. Right. Um, okay, so my notes on evolution for PSP are: it's like Rainbow Islands, but intensely hideous. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, Bob, to your point, this is like the nadir of visuals for the series. I mean, mm-hmm. Bubble Bobble Plus. Looks Spartan, but this is just like offensive. It's like who would who would greenlight this? It reminds me of there was a Fire Emblem game uh, for the DS where everything was pre-rendered in a really ugly way. Um, Mm -hmm. I I guess they were trying to go for something. It doesn't look as bad as this, but it's just like that is just not appealing anymore. And they really should have learned but better by like two thousand four, two thousand five, whenever this was. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, let's see. There's also Rainbow Islands Towering Adventures, a time attack game, time attack game based on Rainbow Islands. So this is actually a good comparison to Yoshi's Touch and Go because yeah. it is really is a race to the top as opposed to some of the other remakes, which are a race to the bottom. I, I would say it's even uglier than what has been mentioned. Yeah. Even more than Bubble Bobble Plus. It's just so unappealing. It's it's the number one um, culprit in the sort of what I call that XBLA disease, where like mm. everything sort of has the same sort of cruddy, uh, puffy look to the character designs, and it all moves a little too fast, and all, you know, it's all obviously like, I don't Direct really, really, like, I can't explain it. But really, it's just very, like, really flat lighting. Like everything is just yeah. You just worked from the basic elements of the dev kit, and it's just like right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and to be fair, when you only have a week to put together a game for a ten thousand dollar budget, there's only so much you can do. I guess I just wish. Like, I, I feel like these are just you know kind of um, the new shovelware, basically. No one like, will ever yeah. pl- ever play them again. I no. don't think so. Uh, they'll never be available again. I mean, if, if Major Nelson them. is like, hey, guess what? Rainbow Islands Towering Adventures now on Xbox One backward compatibility. That, that will happen. That's I'm when sure. I that's when I sell my system. Yeah. I hope they demote him in the Xbox military then. Oh god. Okay, there is one remake-ish kind of game that we haven't touched on, and it's one I haven't been able to play, but it actually looks good. It's one that I would play if I could ever find it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. And that is Rainbow Islands Putty's Party. <laughs> And I probably, if I did see it and didn't know, like, oh, maybe this is a cool game, that name alone would be enough to make me say no. But this game is uh, for Wonderswan. Now, it's a black and white Wonderswan game, not for Wonderswan color. So, you know, part of the appeal of Rainbow Islands is its color. Yeah. But I'm willing to accept that compromise as someone who uh, is chronicling the Game Boy. That's okay. Sometimes you just got to lose the color. But this system makes use of the Wonder Swan's uh, vertical orientation. You know, you could turn the Wonder Swan sideways, and it was designed so you could play it that way. So all of a sudden, you know, you get like a Tate mode screen. It's like tall instead of wide. And for a game where you're going upward, that makes total sense. Yeah. Like, uh, again, I haven't played this game myself. I've never seen it in person. But from what I've seen of it in videos... I feel like this idea works really well, and I would I would love to visit that sometime. I'm going to keep cool. an eye out for it. I watch videos of it. It does retain the Over the Rainbow uh, ripoff song, too. Perfect. It, it, looks, it looks like it plays well with the vertical screen. So, um, yeah, I guess yeah. if you're in the market, if you still have a Water Swan. Uh, it's just a little weird because, like, you don't play as Bob and Bob. You play as Putty. Putty. It should have been Patty, I think. But they even in English, they wrote it as Putty. But <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. Is that Ooh. like how Pocky and Rocky have be- uh, Becky and Bob? So Bob yeah. and Bob have Putty. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Who, but who it's names like a character Putty? Bob no one cares about. It's like, let's mention this character we were just introducing so, in the title. Sure, why not? So it's just this cartoon girl who has no real relation to Bob and Bob necessarily. And uh, yeah, I don't know. The, 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 the art of it, the art of the character and everything else just seems kind of like really dogeny, like <laughs> half-assed. <laughs> And cheap, but oh, so. uh, the game looks okay. The game itself looks fine. It's just kind of like weird, one of those weird sort of like late nineties aesthetics. I think that's it for the remakes, right? And sequelish type things. And the ones worth making fun of. Disgraces yeah. and I might, I might there's probably some this. mobile games, but oh yeah, I feel like those I'm are sure never really are. worth. I I played Bubble Bubble Double for iPhone. Okay. Which is, it's it's like old and new. It has a port of the old game, but also like this new mode that's sort of like a weird tower defense thing. It's basically Bub standing in the center of the screen in like outer space and the enemies come in and you just tap on them and it's like combo stuff involved. It's, yeah. Mm. I, I might have missed this. I'm a little sick. Did we, are there any Game Boy ports uh, of this stuff? There's no Game Boy Bubble Bobble? Uh, there is Game Boy Bubble Bobble. Okay. Yeah. In fact, that's coming up. 
pretty soon in my list of things to look for and pay too much money for. Have you played it? Uh, is it worth commenting no. on? Okay. I I'm only up to like August 1990 and playing Game it. Boy games. I, I don't really get to play ahead. I know it's a bit different from the NES version. I mean, for one thing, it's it's like zoomed in, so it's not like single screen or anything, but it does have a bit more. Oh, uh, they kept the sprite sizes rather than the screen proportions. Yeah, I'd say it has a very, very very minimal sort of questy feel to it. Not exactly. Mm. Yeah. It's... Before we close this uh, off this discussion, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that there was no uh, platformer, like a traditional platformer with mm-hmm. the bubble level characters. They all they just always kept the same arcadey uh, setup. I mean, I guess I guess Parasol Start. I'm sorry. I guess uh, Rainbow Islands is kind of a platformer because it's like a stage that scrolls upwards. Uh, mm-hmm. But then they just went back to, you know, the more arcadey stuff. Um, well, we'll sort of get into the platformery stuff in the Bubble Bobble extended family portion mm-hmm. of this podcast. That's right. There are, up. there are some. Um, yeah. So as I was saying, like, we've kind of wrapped up the core Bubble Bobble games. Um, I was going to include Puzzle Bobble Bust a Move in this episode, but we really don't have time. I'd rather talk about some of the other sort of spin y type games. And then we're going to run out of time. So I will make... Puzzle Bobble, uh, the next episode of Game Boy Micro. Look forward to it. I, I want to at least say Bust a Move was such a bad title for those games. It was such a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, they well, were like, well, people <laughs> like that rap song. It's not even rap. But then there was a game called Bust a Move that actually I know, made sense. But they had to rename that Bust a Groove because Taito cyber squatting. Yeah. I guess, I, I don't know. Is it, is it better Taito. to Bust a Move or a Groove? Uh, Who knows? Moves. Okay. Uh, Title also renamed Camel Tree to On the Ball in this country on Super NES. So isn't Camel Tree an actual like a really antiquated word for something? If it is, it'd I be think news so. to me. Yeah. Is it like the infantry but on camelback? Like Lawrence of <laughs> okay, Arabia. Try or something? and Google it, Bob. See if you get anything besides the I, game. I'm pretty sure I looked this up at some point when I was playing. I was like, Camel Tree. What is that? This is not the Camel Tree uh, episode. No. Camel Tree is where they grow your camel toes. No, another fantastic game. That's a really disgusting term. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so now we're going to talk about the Bubble Bobble family. This is games like Chack and Pop, which we've already discussed, mm-hmm. that are not technically part of Bubble Bobble. They don't necessarily have anything to do with Bubble Bobble. They're not part of the the split timeline canon that Bob is going to create for us. But they just have a certain je ne sais quoi. Some sort of spiritual connection. They feel like, oh, yeah, the same people who made Bubble Bobble probably worked on this. And there's a lot of the same Mm -hmm. ideas involved. And uh, we'll skip ahead to the second game on the list here just to address your point, Bob. The Bubble Bobble platformer. I mean, if that's not Kiwi Craze, New Zealand Story, what the hell is? I immediately thought of that as soon as uh, you Mm -hmm. brought up the extended universe. I mean, I wonder about that. What? I mm, I'd, I'd put it more towards Liquid Kids, really, but I think not that New Zealand Story is, is any way bad. It is oh, like it's good. No, it's seriously like <clears throat> one of my top three title games for sure. But like, I don't think it has enough related to Bubble Bobble to really consider it in that sort of spiritual. Yes, but I mean, it just like that soup. It just I, I like the first time I played New Zealand Story, I was like, this is related to Bubble Bobble. Like this game, the physics. I didn't of it, even. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that it was a Taito game. I didn't know anything about okay. it. I played it blind. I was just like, there's a connection here. There's yeah. got to be. And yes, they're Taito games. I'm sure there is. I just I in me. I wouldn't put it on the family tree necessarily. You're mm-hmm. not shooting bubbles. You're shooting no. whatever you can find. Arrows. Yeah, made a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but there's other weapons too, and. Yeah, it's it's really the jump physics, I think. I mean, one, it's the yeah. cuteness. It's adorable as hell. 
It's mm-hmm. the cutest game aside from that other game that I said was the cutest game ever. It's it's right up there. Like it's it's really charming. You play as a little flightless bird, a kiwi, and um, this means that in order to fly, you have to like hijack hot air balloons from bad guys and things like that. It's just like this. Another okay, another another connection that it has to Bubble Bobble is just like the sense of it's simple, but there's all this stuff you can do. Like there's this kind of like yeah. overwhelming enemies show up and it's all sort of random yeah. and weird. And if you experiment with it, you're like, can I do this? It often turns out that you can. Yeah. And so you're trying to rescue other birds. And instead of being a single screen platformer, you scroll around sometimes side to side, sometimes up and down, sometimes free scrolling in lots of directions. Uh, the levels can get pretty big and complicated. Uh, I've never played the game all the way through, but it's just, yeah, like you can pick up a bow and arrow and you can shoot it at guys in hot air balloons. And I don't know. It's just, it's great. I it's really like satisfying, it. yeah. Yeah. Um, and to me, it really does feel like, <coughs> to me, it really does feel like it is part of that family. It's, you know, like a cousin. It's not a sibling. It's um, maybe a cousin with a, you know, like sandy blonde hair instead of black curly hair. The cousin, but, yeah. cousin from New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. It's the Kiwi cousin. Yeah. Taito was smart to really hone in on one of nature's best mistakes, the Kiwi. Yeah. Just like Sega chose the Echidna. It's like that. that's a mistake yeah. of nature, but it's such a great character <laughs> to have in your game. And um, yeah, it's it's more technical platforming. Like there's a lot of stuff you can do with the jumping and I'm actually not very good at it. But, uh, man, I want them to put this on the next NES Classic Edition. I mean, they put Bubble Bobble on there. They can put Kiwi Craze on there, by God. For some reason, I, I this is completely unrelated to Kiwi Craze or New Zealand Story, but I always confuse this with a much newer game that I forget the name of that also has a Kiwi kind of bird in it that's made oh, by like, Ivy the Kiwi. Dutch people. No, no, that's another one. What? There's another There's one? There's a... Tokitori. Tokitori, oh. yeah. So that, that's all like a confluence of Kiwi and bird platformers in my head that I always confuse with each other. I see. Tokitori, yeah. was he a Kiwi? I, th- I think he's just a chick. Think, I, I think, think he's he just is, a, like but, a, a chicken chick. But it's like the small yellow birds. Mm. Uh, yeah, small yeah. yellow bird platformers. I never played Ivy the Kiwi. That's how you're supposed to say it. That's true. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, upspeak. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's all the rage. Um, okay, so New Zealand Story has been ported to a few different systems, but it was also remade as New Zealand Story Revolution for DS. No. And <laughs> unlike the other Revolution games, it wasn't complete garbage. It's not great, but it's tolerable. One of these had like a game-breaking yes, bug. Yes, there is one that has a game-breaking bug. I don't think, I think it, was, it was that one. Is it that or Bubble Bobble? I, I think it was yeah, – bu- yeah, yeah, it's Bubble Bobble that had the game-breaking bug. Yeah. Like you actually can't play past level 60 or something. Yes. In an era where things that seemingly have a big audience are only released digitally, it's very funny to think that this was a cart released. Like the New Zealand Story Revolution cart was released for $30. I yeah. assume that no one bought it. but the I bought it. Oh, you bought it. Okay. Uh, well, then you learned a lesson, didn't you? It was okay. Okay. I guess it was – you said it was the least offensive. I never yeah. – I only played the NES version of this. Yeah, like yeah. compared to Bubble Bobble Revolution or Evolution, like this game was fine. Mm. It didn't really improve on the original, but at the same yeah. time, it didn't make me ashamed to like the original. So that's more than I can say for Bubble Bobble <laughs> It's Revolution. funny. Like I was talking about Rainbow Islands, like not having a big following here. I guess people were aware of it, but it's just like who – like I guess, I guess people don't need to ask for something for it to exist, but it's like who was this for? It wasn't even like – Using the same localized name, really, as the original uh, NES one that we got. No. Right? <clears throat> it's a little thing called the DS Gold Rush. All right. <laughs> oh, that did exist. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything was fair game. Remember when everything yeah. collapsed in 2009? Yeah. Like good times.
Um, oh, you know what? Actually, I got this all out of chronological order again. Um, yeah. I talked about all... Chack and Pop, and I totally f- skipped the Fairyland story. Yeah. All right. Ray, set me right. That's the one I brought up. You jerk. No. Um, oh, God. Fairyland story came out before – no, it came out after Bubble Bobble. But I feel like it was made before in a way. It, lo- oh, kind it of, really looks like it. I kind mean, of like, like Saber Wolf versus Night Lore. Uh, yeah. Wait, did I even say that right? No, I think, I Wait, think Bubble yeah. Bobble was made before but came after. Shit. Hmm. Ah, these dates aren't in the, on these notes. I can't. <laughs> okay, anyway. Nevertheless, Fairyland Story is very similar to Bubble Bobble because it is single screen and you clear out enemies in, in a certain similar way. Uh, however, you play a little, a little, uh, little, little witch type uh, girly character. One year before Bubble Bobble. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and the backgrounds, you know, they have more detail. It's not just a black screen most of the time. Uh, they are kind of like castle-looking stages a lot of the time, and just have a bit more detail to them. And it is, I think, a bit cuter in that sense. I think that all helps it be a lot cuter than Bubble Bobble does, and that whole sort of like uh, fairy tale sort of aesthetic. Um, I, I could be reading too, too much into this, uh, but I feel like there's a weird element of body horror in this game where it's like... Oh, you're thinking of the don't come around here no more video. Yes, exactly. exactly. Actually, that's perfect because you... Uh, you, <laughs> you turn, turn enemies, enemies into cake. Into cake, then you push them off of something and the cake just like melts. It's really... I mean, like... This, least... was, this was the inspiration for Tom Petty's music video. <laughs> okay. I don't think most people know that. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, it's too bad you're not blowing up like Alice in Wonderland or whatever. But I think above all, when you, when you pop the enemies, they just fly off the screen. And this one, they just like turn into cake and melt. It's like kind of creepy. I, I assume they're not. They weren't going for that. But I was when I was watching this, I was like, "Ugh." Well, what are cakes supposed to do? I guess so. Maybe it's ice cream cake. It could be. <laughs> uh, yeah, what it, a fate. <laughs> so, so my notes say that the hooks for Bubble Bobble in this this game include yeah. the earworm music. But Ray, can you hum that off the top of your head? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, the the kind of power ups you acquire, the transformation of enemies this time into cakes instead of into bubbles, the chain combos, and the single screen play. Yep. I mean, uh, uh, not much else to say I think, yeah. beyond that. But I think it is a better looking game. All right. So we're kind of we're kind of building up here to Liquid Kids. Next is Pop and Pop. Mm. And I forgot to refresh my memory on the, what this one is. But my notes say, imagine if Space Invaders were Magical Drop but also King and Balloon. It's really hard to describe, I wrote. And yes, like <laughs> this description that I wrote makes first no all, sense to me. First of all, I have to describe what King and Balloon is. King and Balloon is like Space Balloon. Invaders, yeah. except like you're trying to keep a balloon from stealing your king. So this is like Puzzle Bobble, <laughs> except yeah, yeah. you are firing vertically only instead of at an angle, it seems like, in a, in a way. Um, Based on what I was what I was watching, it seems like it's yes. like a prototype or like an earlier yes, form yes, of definitely. Puzzle Bobble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't – like I, I need to – is this game even possible to play anywhere? Is it only like an arcade game? I, th- I think there was a PS1 port. Okay. That's the thing with, with so many of these. Um, I just – if they were arcade games in, the, in America, I never saw them. And I probably yeah, exactly. only played them in MAME when I had uh, – when I was yeah. fooling around with MAME. So it, it's it's strange. Like so many of these things are just lost. Someone really had – yeah. Had, someone had really had to be wanting to buy new Taito games <laughs> in the late 90s or so. It's really – And I'm sure those games are now – Sell for hundreds of dollars because no one bought them. No doubt. Um, next up is Don Doku Don and Don Doku Don Two, which are platformers starring little gnome dudes. I know one of these showed up on Famicom. Did both of them? I think it might have just been the first one. I don't remember. Uh, I always see them at at shops in Japan, and I they catch my eye because they use that um, 
clay collage style, like the diorama oh, yeah. cover yeah. art. It and looks I love like that. Pikmin. It looks like Every, Pikmin. I, I just want to like buy a collection of games uh-huh. that have that box art style. Or it's like a cartoony character, but also in like a realistic background. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I'm great. looking at it now. It's cool. So this one actually feels a lot to me like Parasol Stars and that you're mm-hmm. carrying a weapon. In this case, it's a hammer, yeah. a mallet, and you hit enemies with a hammer, grab them when they're stunned, and throw them at other bad guys. So very similar mechanically to Parasol Stars, but it's... It's more like um, your power is sort of integral, integral as opposed to parasol stars where you're dependent on stuff in the environment like water droplets. Yep, yep. And I believe so, Dawn is the onomatopoeia for hitting something. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, like striking much. something. Yeah. yeah. And doko means where. <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yes, it does. Simper ubi sub ubi. I don't know. Um, it's funny because like uh, two, the sequel is the platformer for Famicom. Oh, Okay. So yeah, Don Dokudan was a Famicom game as well. All right. Uh, they had a Famicom I'm port. buy these games. And PC Engine. Cool. PC Engine, too. Yeah, but number two is just like a weird Mario-ish platformer. So there, there you go. There's your, your platformer. And also, finally, Liquid Kids. Yay. The grossest the, title for a it's game. It's really – no, Toilet Kids is worse. Yes. But Liquid Kids is pretty, pretty – it's like so. – well, it's like uh, – it's like Metal Gear, like Liquid Snake had yeah. some kids. Uh, no, it was it was uh, it was Kid Boss had Liquid Kids and Solid Kids. <laughs> if it helps, the Japanese name is uh, Mizubaku Daibokan, which is literally like Water yeah. Bomb Adventure. So. Oh, I like that more. Liquid yeah. Kids was it was a localized name. Yeah, someone wasn't working very hard that and day. No. This this is another game that seems to be built around the the bubbles that you can break in Bubble Bobble, like yeah. the the water bubbles. Absolutely. Uh, like that, that, that element keeps recurring in in these games, including the uh, you know the the waterfall effect, mm-hmm. jets of water. What are you playing as in this game? It looks like a pug. I can't tell <laughs> what it is. Like I was watching videos of this this morning to see what this game was about. It's like this weird like platypus pug looking yeah. character. Like I a sea otter. I could. Oh, it, actually, it is a platypus. Okay. okay yeah, yeah. It's a platypus. Per, sorry, it's a platypus named Hippo. So thanks a lot, Taito, <laughs> right. for clearing that up. But <laughs> words don't mean anything. It's a platypus named Hippo that looks like a pug. So uh, <laughs> there's many things going on with this. Who's looking for his girlfriend? How did that? Th- okay. It's more like Kimura kids. If you don't have a girlfriend, this guy got one. So feel bad. All right. <laughs> Come on now. Sorry, okay. everybody. So it's a good I, game, though. It's really fun. It looks no, it cool. It looks great. Like, this is, this a, is what I mean. This is, Instead of New Zealand story, this should be the one that really lift up as like, part of the family because obviously it has the bubble stuff. But, I mean, a kiwi is much more – like you can look at that and grasp it as opposed to a, a pug named Hippo that's a – It's wow. a platypus. Come okay, on. It whatever. can be called a platypus. It's not that hard to figure out. <laughs> I guess that's nature's other mistake. Yes. But no, no. <laughs> the title um, mistake series, yeah. <laughs> Nature's mistake. Bubble Bobble, no, this is the mistake franchise. Yes, yes. <laughs> I guess only the arcade game came out they, in America. Again, probably very in very small numbers because yeah. there are other ports that I've never seen. Like so many of these, yeah. I, I probably would have played if I, if I had the ability to encounter them in the wild. Yeah, there's another contemporary PC Engine port, but that, you know, that didn't come out here. Yeah, there's a bunch of these games that I've barely touched and need to just spend the rest of my life playing. I mean, I yeah, it is tragic because like, like I said, New Zealand story I love and stuff like Arkanoid and Camel Try. It's like the late 80s and early 90s Taito arcade games are some of the best ever, I'd say. But yet, you know, they did not really reach a lot of a lot of this region of the world. Right. And I, I think they just really doubled down on Puzzle Bobble because uh, that was the most viable thing they could do for consoles, yeah. it seemed like, uh, for as long as they did. And uh, we didn't talk about it, but I guess it, it's funny they had an Azamanga Dio version. That's, that's pretty yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. That's true. So that pretty much wraps it up for the series. Like I said, we'll do a uh, – or I'll do or someone will do a micro episode on Puzzle Bobble, Bust yeah. a Move. 
Um, but before we wrap, I'd like to do a little listener mail. Yes, that's right, listener mail. Right. I, it's even by email as opposed to just like people ah, leaving comments. Yes, yes, electronic mail. Um, I've heard about it. I have a private server. It's great. <laughs> Actually, by I've, the time I've, this goes up, that will. I heard God, you deleted emails, Jeremy. I did. I delete a bunch of them, especially the UFOs. Especially if they come from annoying PR people I don't like. So here's from Matthew J. Bubble Bobble is very near and dear to my heart. It's one of those games where I grew up playing the Game Boy port way more than the NES one. We should have had him on for this one then. For years, I'd bring it up in conversation, and no one I ever met had played any version of it until I was in my 20s and found podcasts like this one. Thanks for making me feel like less of an outcast. I'm really sorry that we took 10 years to to uh, bring you into the family here with a warm embrace. And then didn't talk about the Game Boy version. Oh. Uh-huh. A boxed copy of the NES version is one of the jewels of my collection. It's great. Yes. Um, let's see. Paul Bates says, oh, here's a British guy. Uh, I played Bubble Bobble on the Specky. That's how I knew. <laughs> Since that's a, that's, oh, that's a Sin- Sinclair spectrum to you Americans. When I was around... When I was about eight around my friend Ben's house, my abiding memory of it was how useless I was at it. I couldn't even finish it with the infinite lives cheat. I gave up and watched him play it after getting halfway. I've never been good at platform games. I also had the same problem with Dan Dare. So there you go. Uh, a, a, another, a, not a specky a, game, I imagine? Specky. <laughs> I, like I, I guess. I've never heard of Dan Dare. I've heard of Don Doko Don, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Tom Hewlett. Uh, when Bubble Bobble hit Wii Virtual Console, my friend Nick and I set about beating it. Nick, our friend who has been on the podcast, mm-hmm. took us an entire night, but we did it. Bubble Bobble is great and has a single song on repeat for so long that the only way to avoid going insane is to get to super drunk. Oh, is to get super drunk. Mm. I, I see what he did there. Fight super drunk while Fortunately, super drunk. he's the final boss. Bring a friend. Uh, Aaron <laughs> Povolish writes, have you ever played the WiiWare release of Bubble Bobble? Thankfully, no. I think it was called Bubble Bobble Classic, but I don't remember the exact name. Bubble Bobble Plus, I believe. Um, I played it right after it was released and got flat out stuck in an early level. I got caught in a narrow column, and I could not ride a bubble up out of it to save my life. Normally, you just blow a bubble as you were jumping to get on top of it, but it would pop me, pop on me every time. Maybe they tweaked the controller a bit or something, but I couldn't figure out. Yeah. What a disappointment to get stuck like that. It felt like an oversight to me. I, I think... I think the whole game was kind of an oversight. Yeah. I really like the style of game. Some of my favorites are Snow Brothers, which was Capcom? Capcom, yeah. Uh, developed by Toa Plan. Oh, Toa Plan. Okay. Yeah. Oh, neat. Uh, published here by All Capcom. your snow are belong to us. Yeah. And Don Doko Don. NES Snow Brothers is pretty easy, but Famicom Don Doko Don is quite the challenge. I've reached the halfway point or so before running out of credits. I plan on finishing it off one of these days. I do feel a lot of people wanted us to mention Snow Brothers in some way. <laughs> Well, we did. Yeah, well, thanks, there you Aaron go. Polovich. I'm gonna go ahead and name drop uh, Rodland. Yes. Yes, and that one was by Jalico, right? Yeah. And I think, I think one of the characters from Rodland, yes, shows up in Hero Shugou Pinball Party for Game Boy, <laughs> which you can watch a video about on Game Boy World. Although it's not that good a pinball game, so you probably don't want to. Rodland has its own puzzle spinoff. So. Dang, Soul Dam. Okay, from Kevin. I didn't play Bubble Bobble much back in the day, but I remember visiting a small arcade on 8 Mile near Detroit that had a Bubble mm. Symphony machine around 2001. Wow. wow. Nice. It was in it was in America. Actually, uh, a, an arcade in Michigan is where I found Elevator Action, and the only place I've seen it in the wild in the U.S. So maybe there was something magical about Michigan. There was one in my hometown in Ohio, Elevator Action. Actually, you know, a lot of arcade distribution was based in Chicago. Mm. So it could be that... 
kind of areas near Chicago benefited from uh, that that sort of connection and got stuff that you wouldn't necessarily see elsewhere. I don't know what to say about Ohio, though, Bob. Sorry. Well, the mafia left Ohio in the 70s, mm, so okay. the distribution was not as strong there, probably. Uh, let's see. He says, a few friends and I worked hard to finish this game, but we never did up until a couple of years ago when one of those friends bought the Saturn port. We managed, managed finally managed to clear what I ultimately found to be a really fun entry in the series. If you had just one shot, would you play Bubble Bubble 2? Eight Mile. Get it, guys? Oh. oh. I haven't seen you guys this are movie. You white. I, I am. <laughs> Eminem's also very white. I'm, I'm a white person from Michigan, and yet I still don't know that movie. <laughs> I, I'm just out of the rap battle game. I have to retire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bill Nielsen writes, uh, for Bubble Bobble, I've never played it, so I just want to point to this ancient video that includes an acapella version of the main theme at the end. <laughs> There's the, like one of the very first um, in the the OC remix website, which is great. One of the very first OC remixes is like a hillbilly version of the Bubble Bobble theme. It's like one of the first like five remixes they posted. It's still there. I remember that. I remember it's, that. Yeah, it's like, hey, Bob, let's play some Bubble Bobble. It was it's back just, when it was overclocked remix, and it was a web comic about emulation. Yes, yes, we. That's where I, I discovered Snacks and Jackson. I know all of these things. That's why we're here. We're old. <laughs> and finally, from Jess Reagan. Um, the one thing I want to ask is why Taito's localization department thought that it would be a good idea to change Bub and Bob from bubble blowing dragons to bubble blowing brontosaurs. Huh. I don't actually know about this. Was this like in the NES manual or something? Probably like, like yeah, a choice they made in the manual. It's funny. Like uh, we're going to talk about Sonic um, soon, and it's just like so many of those naming choices were just named named by a tester. Like yeah, just think of some names and give them to us. So it's not like there was a lot of thought put behind these. Things. I mean, maybe maybe Taito like um, hired. Konami's NES manual writers on contract and, and you know, the NES writers for uh, – sorry. The NES manual writers for Konami just like made stuff up wholesale. The be. whole Hyrule, a cockamamie <laughs> thing. I, There's I also that one thing in Final Fantasy VI where it's like dragon was mistranslated as dinosaur or something like that. Mm. So maybe there were some translation issues. Um, I don't know. No, wait. There actually is a dinosaur in the in the forest. Okay, maybe it was translated like, oh, as God. dragon. I don't know. It was like it was like uh, between dragon it's and like, dinosaur. It's like a super hard battle that you can fight in the world of balance. Yeah, and, I, I did uh, that to grind for uh, I think uh, ability points. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Got anyway, Ultima for every character. That's right. Okay, so Congrats. I think that's everything. So we have discussed pretty thoroughly, I would say, bubble bobble and uh, related ephemera. Yes, floating around it. So thanks everyone who wrote in and thanks Ray yeah. and of course Bob for mm-hmm. being here to share this discussion with me because it would have been really boring if it had been me talking about this game by myself. Now let's drink some bubbly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I brought some. No, I didn't. Sorry. I wish I had. Uh, so anyway, guys, tell us where we can find you on the internet. Ray. I'm on Twitter, R-D-B-A-A-A. That's about it. Aren't you like making a video <laughs> game or something? That is, but I have nothing to announce at this time. But you have a website. No, not good enough. Okay. Do so you want us to cut this out? Forget, right? forget I said that. Okay. Ray has nothing to announce at this time. Bob, what do you have to announce at this time? I have to announce that I, uh, Jeremy and I had a Jerry Lewis, uh, Dean Martin style split and I left US Gamer. 
And we're, re- we're reuniting on this episode. No, it wasn't that dramatic. I just got a different job. So you can find my work at Fandom. Go to Fandom.com. That's powered by Wikia. Uh, video game coverage, I write for them now. Check it out. I'd appreciate it. And you can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Talking Simpsons, and that's every Wednesday on the Laser Time Podcast Network. Go to lasertimepodcast.com to find that. It's a chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Every episode is a new episode, and we're in the middle of season four right now. So if you like The Simpsons, you'll enjoy the show. You've only got 26 more seasons to cover. Uh, I feel like we're going to be demoralized by season the 12. beginning of 10, I think. Oh, that's soon. Uh, maybe the middle of 10. I don't know. 10's pretty bad. 10's yeah. pretty bad. And as you can tell from my ridiculous-looking teeth, I'm the Jerry Martin of this, uh, <laughs> this analogy. Uh, yes, hi, Jeremy Parrish here. You can find me on Twitter as GameSpite, and uh, I'm all over the internet, but I do cool stuff at Game Boy World. You should check that out because it's rad. Well, actually, is it rad? I don't know about that, but at, l- at least it's going you into sell de- it, Jeremy. I'm talking in extensive detail about video games you've never heard of and will never want to play. If, if that's not exciting, I don't know what to tell you. So thanks, everyone, for listening. This is Retronauts. We are supported by Patreon. You can give us money. If you give us even more money than you're giving us now, we will start making these podcasts weekly instead of biweekly. My God, can you imagine that? We'll get some people in here who know about Atari. How, how crazy whoa. would that be? Whoa, whoa. Slow uh, down. No, crazy. I, I'm, I've, I've got big dreams. Uh, but in the meantime, yes, your support allows us to make this show at all. It's actually really expensive to make this podcast. Life is stupid that way. So we appreciate everyone's support. You can find us at Retronauts.com. On Twitter, it's Retronauts. Uh, we're, like, we're everywhere, just whatever. Um, so thanks for listening. Bob, did I forget anything? That was everything. That was everything. Should wow. Be. We got everything about Retronauts and everything about Bubble Bobble. So we're good. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a week with Retronauts Micro on Puzzle Bobble. <laughs> 